everyone. This is Dr. Astera, and you are listening to the next episode of The Love Talks. Our podcast is about marriages, relationships, dating, and other life topics. And my co-hosts, Ashish Parekh and I, invite different guests who can contribute to those topics and tell their stories to you and to us. Today, uh, we will be talking about cross-cultural relationships and marriages. And also uh, another topic which is intertwined with that would be interfaith marriages. So stay tuned. And uh, our today guest is Melanie Goel from Germany. Hello, Melanie. Hi, everyone. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, thank you very much for accepting our invitation and it's really great to have you here and listen to your story and your perspective on your cross-cultural and interfaith marriage. I have some perspective on that too, as I was in a relationship for uh, seven years that uh, my partner was from a different country and also of different faith, though in our case it wasn't such a big difference. But anyhow, it's really great to have you here because I know that uh, your husband comes from a completely different culture than uh, you come from. And well, that's something that is probably very much more complex than my experience. And (laughs) that's why it's great to have you here and talk a bit about it. Well, these days, cross-cultural marriages or relationships are not really that uncommon. And well, they were not really that uncommon than 30 years ago, they were still happening. But I guess because of the globalization and at least in the pre-COVID era, the possibilities and the opportunities to change countries, for example, for career opportunities or even just if someone wanted to change the environment, uh, and live in, in a different country for a while, uh, they were quite, well, endless. So cross-cultural marriages uh, and relationships, they have become in the last 10, 15 years much more common than they were before, right? Uh, absolutely. Like, uh, I think in our friend circle, I would say about 60, 65% are intercultural couples, not a lot that have Asian and um, European, like that where the intercultural is Asian and European, but like, for example, North American, European, we have a lot. Um, We also have Middle Eastern European. So, um, so it's really interesting because everyone brings like such different experiences to every meeting that we have or whenever we hang out with them. So it's pretty, it's pretty fun, actually. Yeah, definitely. Well, as you said, if both partners or both spouses are from more or less the same uh, cultural background, like from different countries in Europe, which was in my case, then there is some diversity, of course, but that's in some way it is, uh, you know, limited. But as you said, yeah, uh, your husband, he's Asian, right? He's from India. So your marriage is very cross-cultural and it also comes with uh, interfaith. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He is from, he's from New Delhi uh, in India. He came to Germany for his master's. Uh, That's where we met. We were both um, working students at a small company. It was actually only him and me. So that's how it was very easy to cross paths. But yeah, it's, uh, it it was uh, probably the last thing that I expected because I studied Chinese 
I thought if I have an Asian, it's probably going to be a Chinese man and not from India. But uh, so that was that was um, that was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, life gets funny sometimes, right? <laughs> Absolutely. This was the this was the last thing that I was expecting. <laughs> well, that uh, happens. We can't really control everything, right? And yeah. we can't control love. But uh, tell me, how it is to have a partner from a completely different culture than your own. How is your daily experience of that? Yeah, actually, it's probably different from person to person. I think we were quite lucky uh, that we, like even our friends and our families, they always say that um, my husband he's more German than me and I'm more Indian <laughs> than him. So I'm a bit messy. <laughs> I'm, I'm more of the unorganized person. I like it. I, yeah, that's not very German. <laughs> no, it's not German. Like whenever we arrive in Delhi at the airport, it feels like, you know, chains fall off of my arms and legs because I don't have to be so organized, like the environment that I grew up in. And um, for him, he loves organizing absolutely everything. So, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so in that way, I think it wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, I think um, what is challenging sometimes, which might be a bit less if you are, or which is a little bit less also from my experience with partners who were German, is that if you are uneasy with something in the other culture, you really have to find a way of framing yourself, like framing your thoughts in a way that's not hurting the other person. You don't want to hurt them or just say bluntly, like your culture is stupid or why are the people in your culture doing that's this? It's, it's like a condes condescending way, which I guess is something I've seen a lot in Asian European relationships. So that like a European person would take a more condescending view, which is stupid because there's nothing better or less good, right? So it's exactly. totally equal. It's um, just different. It's just different, exactly. And I think this is one of the challenges that at least in the beginning, when you're kind of getting accustomed, mm -hmm. that is one of the things. In general, I think when I just talk about uh, Sid and me, I guess... The only cultural challenge, honestly, that we had was I grew up on the countryside and he grew up in a metropolis, like he grew up yeah. in the center of New Delhi and we grew up with different worldviews. We grew up with different, just a different environment. I see the advantages of the countryside and he, he doesn't know it. He sees the advantages of the city that I know a little bit less about and so for us, the biggest challenge was finding a place where both of us could feel home. Hmm. So and it wasn't that much about the culture, because that can also happen for partners from the same country, right? Exactly. Like, that's what we always say. Like, we think the only cultural difference is really about the, the place we were brought up, like urban versus rural. And I think it not so much with the actual world, like, the cultural environment that we're growing up in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, what would you say like about any other challenges that you had in your marriage or before you got married? Was there anything else that you had to deal with? Yeah, so I think one of the challenges that is probably very particular to Indian relationship is that parents usually 
don't know, like in India, you usually get married, you don't necessarily have a girlfriend. I think this is also mm-hmm. changing a lot in the current yeah, the arranged time. marriages. So you have on the one hand, you have arranged marriages, but you also have a lot of love marriages now. I think also you have it's, it's changing with our generation that people tell their parents that they have a girlfriend, but it's not that common. It's not that common. My husband is very, he thinks really highly of his parents and he never wanted to hurt them or pride with anything that was not a hundred percent solid. So I think one of the challenges is that they didn't know for a very long time that I was existing. And for me, I'm a, I'm a family person and I just like here, it's normal that you introduce a partner, you want them to be a part of your family. And I always wanted to be a part of his family. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't be for a long time. So this was something that obviously um, we had some challenges with because I always said like, why can't I be part of your family? They're going to like me, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we think here in Europe, yeah. right? Or in the Western world, because we don't yeah. really know the culture. But uh, yeah, well. I mean, yeah, what you what you said is quite uh, usual to say actually for, for Indian uh, people or Indian um, men, because among my friends, I've also heard that they never want to in any way offend their parents. And sometimes while having a girlfriend from a completely different part of the world can be just simply offending in some families. That's not that uncommon. For how long were you that secret girlfriend? Yeah, I think I was kept secret for one and a half years. Um, Okay, that's not that long. Yeah, for me, it felt like 10 years. Yeah, Yeah, of course, because here, as you said, we rather just introduce our partners, even if we are not married. Of course, maybe not every random person that you you meet somewhere or maybe you have a date with, but if you are uh, with someone for a couple of months, then it's quite uh, natural, even bring them home or maybe even for bigger celebrations like Christmas or something, if you are together for a bit longer. So, yeah, I guess that must have been quite a big challenge. And um, But what did you do with that in the end? Because, as you said, uh, for one year and a half, you were a secret girlfriend. But then I guess uh, somehow you had to tell the parents. <laughs> yeah, it was really... Um, so I, I, I still feel a little bit bad about this. I put a lot of pressure on my husband. Okay. I was always worried uh, that he would go home and they would find someone for him. I, 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 like he already told me that his parents aren't like that. They wouldn't just find someone for him. But I somehow couldn't believe it because I haven't been in India before. I didn't know anything about India apart from what I knew about him. And uh, he is extremely liberal. So um, I, I didn't know really what to expect. And so I put quite a lot of pressure on him to be honest. (laughs) And um, yeah, at some point, like we actually, I was in China. And when I came back, we decided to move in together because he was done with his master's. And he knew that when we move in, he kind of has to tell his parents, at least that he has a girlfriend. But what he did then in the end, he called them and said, okay, by the way, I have a German girlfriend and we live together. (laughs) Okay. Um, So he just threw that information. He threw everything at them. (laughs) They honestly, they never had a problem that I was German. He told them how I I adopt the culture and that's really everything they wanted. So we are extremely blessed that he has liberal parents and I have liberal parents-in-law. 
but obviously they were not confident with us living together. So mm. actually what happened, he anyway had a flight to go back home a few days after that. And then he went home for two weeks and they saw me on Skype and um, they saw how happy he is. And then they said, you know, in the end, what matters is that you're happy, even if you're not 100% convinced um, or not convinced, but not 100% on board with the living together situation. Mm. But he also explained like, you know, in a city like Munich, you cannot really afford having two apartments. Mm. So yeah. you just use this economic uh, factor as an yeah. argument to convince his parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in the end, they really wanted him to be happy. But we also like to be very blunt and honest. We talk, talk about this a lot also with other friends. We might be lucky because he's a man, because he's a boy and... It might be different. I don't know. I, I know a few people where it's difficult because she is Indian and the guy is European that there's a little bit less, they, they are a little bit less understanding in that case. I, I don't want to generalize it because I'm, I'm sure that there's both cases, but um, this is something that we think we're quite lucky actually. Mm -hmm. I think that there might be something in it because uh, even recently when I was talking with uh, one of my Indian friends who is a man, uh, he said that he thinks that uh, if it is a couple in which uh, the woman is Indian and the guy is European, they could actually have much more of hard time with, uh, with the parents of the girl. But I think, as you said, it's a, it's a pretty individual case because... I remember working in one of my previous jobs and I had a colleague and she was Indian and she had a German husband and it didn't seem to be a problem for uh, anyone, I think not for their families either. But then, you know, you hear sometimes from my more distant friends here in the UK that uh, there are some cases that uh, like British Indian who are, who are already uh, maybe born here or who came here as, as little children and were brought up in this Western culture. But it happens that when they actually start having a girlfriend who is British or, or some other uh, European, then parents start looking for a wife for them, even in India. So mm. very, very, sometimes you hear about that cases. So I understand that you were pretty anxious for, for some time that something like that could happen. <laughs> Yeah, totally. And it's really like in the beginning, you're so blind because everything is beautiful and you're so in love that you love everything. But then you, you hear stories and then you get more and more insecure. Like, how does this all play out? Like, and I think we were very comfortable because he always consulted me also. And he said, you know, you don't have to be worried. I have very liberal parents and it's not going to be a problem that you're German. They didn't expect it. So they never expected him to meet mm. someone German. They expected him to meet an Indian girl in Germany, but not a German. But it hasn't been a problem. So this is, I think, that's really great. But still, I think it's still, even though it's it's not a problem, you still like when families come together, you have to accommodate a lot of, yeah, you have to accommodate each other because again, our parents are from different generations. And even though my parents are liberal and uh, his parents are liberal, like our parents actually get along really well. So that's really nice. Oh, even though the, my parents don't speak English, his parents don't speak that much English. So they speak in sign languages, but they are very cute together and they like each other. So that's great. <laughs> but you grow up in very different mm. 
in style, which also makes sense because in a city like New Delhi, you would be way more protected. It's obvious, right? In such a big city. And then living on, growing up on the countryside somewhere south of Munich, whereas you have cows and that's it, you're obviously not that protected because, mm. yeah, I mean, what would happen? Yeah, it's a diff time. different lifestyle in general. Exactly. Uh, so if you then have everyone cramped into like one apartment for a longer time, so you definitely need to, like not just on my side, I don't want to blame anyone, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, I think there's a lot of patience and the willingness to understand how the other person thinks. And I think that is one of the crucial things mm -hmm. in an intercultural marriage that you don't blame, but rather take the time and the patience to breathe and then think, okay, let me just understand this first. And maybe then I get why they are reacting like this or why they are saying like this. They know that I love them and I know that they love me. So it's not that issue. So it's more on a cultural or communication mm -hmm. basis. If you notice that something is not going the way that it should be. Yeah, it's always about being open and also have uh, this kind of a mindset that allows you to really interact with people who have a completely different background, uh, cultural or even uh, sometimes social, because that's not only about different cultures. Being open to, to other people and uh, trying to understand uh, their reactions, that's, uh, well, in every uh, marriage is quite important, but um, cross-cultural one, it can be even more important. You finally got married, and uh, how would you say the attitude of his parents uh, has changed since then? Or is it the same? Was it like quite good before the marriage, so you didn't see any changes no, I think um, it has changed. Um, so in India, the same it's the same. You are really introduced into the family. So I'm their daughter. They, they call me their daughter. And um, so that's really nice. Um, the longer we are now married for five years and we're partners since uh, eight years, eight and a half years, actually. And so that's one of the things, for example, that I feel Western culture should learn from the Indian culture again is if there is a matter in the family, then sort of everyone sits together and discusses and mm -hmm. talks about it. And there's not so much talking behind the back, but you're really like the parents, they console the children and ask, how should we approach this? How should we do this? So, and that's, that's something yeah, I, I really enjoy. <laughs> that's really yeah. nice. Yeah. And, yeah. and so this is also something that I've noticed where I have a voice now where I can also voice my opinion. But I think this is also one of the very interesting things that I've noticed, which I never thought about, which is a cultural difference where you have to be quite careful. Mm -hmm. And that is the mimic and the, the uh, gestures. They are so different in different cultures. Mm -hmm. So for example, I always want to then smile and, and, and do something to, to kind of acknowledge that, yes, mm -hmm. I, I'm on board and someone else might react in a different way, but saying the same thing. And then you're just interpreting something and you think like, oh, why is this person now grumpy? And I mean, oh, or, oh, yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. something like that. So that's something that I found really interesting to be very careful about this interpreting. Yeah, that's true because we use our own cultural framework to interpret yeah. whatever we see or hear and that's not exactly how it should be done because yeah. as you said 
uh, gestures are different. People behave differently in different cultures when they yeah. want to. Uh, and facial expressions. This yeah. is really something that I've noticed is especially different between Indian and German culture. Like I've spent yeah. a lot of time in, in Canada. I spent a lot of time in China and nowhere have I experienced so much talking through facial expressions like in India. Oh. And that is something that I've noticed. I have to be careful about that. I don't interpret something because I don't really know what they're actually saying. So, um, in what, what was the most uh, sort of shocking or unexpected thing with facial expressions that you've noticed? So I think maybe it's also my family, but uh, in general, I think if we get something gifted or when we are happy, then we show in a very enthusiastic way in our face that we are appreciating mm -hmm. this. And I think in India, it's, it's just a bit toned down. Oh, and that doesn't mean that there's less appreciation, not at all, like not at all, but it's just showed in a different, I, I remember also people who visited me, like I, I lived in India for five months. My husband was here, but in Germany, but I was over there. And when friends visited me, they thought, why do they like, why are they angry? And, like in a situation where we thought, and, and it, it was actually not like that. That was one of the things, but I also hear people who come to Germany and then say, why are they all angry? So oh, maybe yeah, that's yeah. like a universal <laughs> thing. But that's quite a universal thing for some cultures, even in Europe, because I spent seven years in Finland and the culture there is different. People are much more toned in a way. They don't really show that much of happy emotions, which doesn't yeah. mean that they are not happy, but they look more neutral or some even maybe grumpy. And that was also quite interesting for me because I come from Poland and we are quite expressive there. <laughs> but that's, that's not even in relationships, but the kind of things you have to be quite aware even in well, business, general life when you move to a different culture. What would you say about having different faiths in a relationship? Because I remember that uh, we spoke before and uh, you mentioned something that you had two different weddings. Uh, so how that kind of things work out? Because I think that there is quite a big difference between you and your husband in terms of uh, religions. Uh, I personally don't have that uh, experience because my partner was Christian as well, just of a different uh, denomination. But mm. How did you sort out the faith issue? I think, again, we were probably quite lucky because I'm not particularly religious. And my husband, he is more on the spiritual end of Hinduism. Uh, so he's not praying every day, but he's very much into the spiritual like not the spiritual spirituality that we understand now, but he just wants to understand about Hinduism as a religion. So he reads a lot about the gods and things like that to understand how that spirituality kind of started in, in India. I think from the beginning onwards, for us, it was important to make sure that if we have children, they get exposed to both religions, but... Uh, have the ability to reflect on both of them. We want to make sure that we don't put a label on them, but that they decide what do we find interesting here. And we approach the same thing, for example, with our wedding. So in, when we did our weddings, 
we thought, okay, we don't want to upset anyone, like neither his family nor mine. So we did um, a legal wedding in Germany without church because for his family would have been extremely uncomfortable to see their son walk down an aisle. So we didn't want that. We didn't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. And at the Indian wedding, we did the same thing. So we did the fire. So walking around the fire, but we did not do all the other religious um, ceremonies that usually um, come before that part, Mm -hmm. simply because that would have been very uncomfortable to my parents. However, what we are trying to do is that we adopt, for example, there's Diwali, there are the, Mm -hmm. the, 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 big and important major festivals exactly and um, we do say that we want to make sure that we have the knowledge about these festivities and also the rituals that happen on them so that we can at least let our kids experience what this this culture means what these festivities mean to the culture i think we are approaching it from that perspective we are both people who are questioning a lot and that's kind of where we're coming from mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i think that this topic of having different uh, cultural background and also different faiths different beliefs is um, pretty much comes to the surface when people have kids because i remember one conversation that uh, i had uh, when i was doing my phd in finland because um that one of the professors there who was my uh, supervisor during my master she had a different religious background she was jewish but uh, born and uh, raised in finland and uh, my supervisor at that time of my uh, doctoral thesis, she was living in Finland, but she was born in the um, Soviet Union, but she had some Finnish uh, backgrounds. And they, uh, these two women, they had a conversation about how it is to be, be cultural and how it is to have the kids and which, which culture actually you would, you know, sort of not impose, but you would prefer your children to follow. And the, the clue was that, well, you are actually bicultural until you have children, because when you have children, then you always have the preference for your own culture. <laughs> I hope it doesn't work like that uh, to you and your husband, but I I remember that conversation and it really made me think about those things because this is pretty much how it is. Everyone would like their child to be uh, following what they uh, believe in, so I guess that gets complicated then. But what about your daily life? Do you find it in any way more difficult when compared to, for example, your friends that have German husbands and wives, or do you think there is no difference in daily life? I think in the daily life, not. Because uh, I truly believe, I, I'm maybe I'm just lucky, but I truly believe that it's like the person that um, that I fell in love with, and we are just very compatible. And the culture is not really a topic in our daily life. So in the beginning it was, yeah, because like Germans are known for being extremely straightforward. I always told him like right straight to his face if I was not happy with something. And uh, obviously sometimes he had to like, what what the hell, like what, what does she think she's doing here? And um, Indians are much more composed and much more gentle in the way they give feedback and the way they they speak (laughs) to other people than necessarily we Germans. So I think in the beginning, that was the biggest challenge in our day-to-day life that I kind of had to tone down. I had to understand that I have to accommodate 
the way that he is also the thing, especially I think in Germany, when we give criticize, we don't criticize the person, we criticize the activity or the outcome or whatever the person the did. Behavior. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we kind of differentiate in that, um, but not a lot of other cultures do that. Mm-hmm. So um, I had to kind of understand that I have to accommodate the way I speak because I didn't want him to be hurt, right, in the end. So this was something that really was difficult in the day-to-day life. And I think it probably took about three years until we really got that figured out and we were on a good track there. Other than that, I mean, obviously, since we do live in Germany, he is homesick. So we try to bring some Indianness into our daily life. So I, I really like the example that he just gave because I think for us, it's a little bit different because I always tell him, you know, if we have a kid, I want to make sure it gets exposed to Indian culture because we're in Germany. So I want to make sure that this kid, that we don't go to India for the first time and has like this massive culture shock. Hmm. maybe it's different when the kid is there but but I think that these days it's uh, anyhow quite well it's easier than it used to be 30 years ago for example if you live in a completely different country because you still can you know show uh, different things to the kid even on YouTube right and 30 40 years ago uh, cross-cultural couples didn't really have that chance you had to physically travel somewhere and as you said that was the first shock that was coming um, with that kind of experience but what would you say was like the biggest challenge of uh, of your whole relationship well before you were married and since you are married what would be that major challenge that you had to do something about and overcome I think the absolute major challenge really was that I had to be hidden for such a long time Um, because even when we got married in Germany people were not allowed to know in India. So we had to tell everyone at our wedding, don't post any photos on social media where both of us are on the picture. So then there were photos of me and my cousin or me and a friend and people asked me, oh, wow, did you marry this one? What happened to Sid? And, you know, things like that. And that was really painful, especially once we were married and Before we were married, we were not allowed to go to India together. Um, He was not allowed to visit me. So this was really painful. I don't think it was problematic that we got married so early, but I'm pretty sure we would have waited um, if it wasn't for that, because we just wanted to put an end to this. Mm -hmm. We wanted to put an end to it. We wanted to travel to India together. We wanted to do all these things. We didn't want to tell our friends to hide us anywhere in social media or whatever. And um, I think this really was a big challenge, especially like after a wedding, you're on like your cloud number nine and everything is so awesome. And then, yeah, and then you hear, no, you have to tell your friends to to put down the pictures on on Facebook. Um, And you think like, what? Like we're married now. Like, isn't isn't it over now? (laughs) Exactly. I I wanted to ask about it because, well, I'm not that familiar with the Indian culture. So why was it that you still couldn't say to anyone like officially that you are married, although you had married? Uh, Um, We had it. We had to wait until the Indian wedding, because if people in India would have known that we got married in Germany, people would have been offended. Ah, okay. So it was more about not offending. Yeah. 
So, and and obviously like we couldn't do that. We were 28, we couldn't afford um, accommodating so many people for food and and everything. Like we couldn't have paid for that. That was kind of the reason. Mm-hmm. Okay. And but I think probably like in India we're still lucky. I have friends um, who are Iranian, and I think there it's even crazier. If someone distant friend of a relative is not invited to the wedding, then there is ah, huge okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um But um, yeah, in that sense, we were still lucky. Mm-hmm. I really think this was the biggest challenge that went on for four years, mm-hmm. and um, quite a lot. I always said, I just want to be part of your family now. I want to move freely with you and I want you to be able to visit me when I'm abroad. And during that, I was abroad almost two and a half years before we got married and uh, he never was allowed to visit me. And this, yeah. this just, that's just not so nice. Yeah, definitely. I can imagine that it wasn't uh, anything uh, pleasant. But uh, finally, you've managed to Yay. overcome that. You had two weddings, which sounds quite cool. Yeah, apart from the financial part, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, it sounds really, really nice. And um, well, just to you know, wrap up uh, our discussion today, what would be uh, your advice to other cross-cultural or interfaith couples maybe similar to you when one person has a European background and the other one is from um, Asia because the cultures are very different, let's face it. What would be your uh, advice for that kind of couples if they struggle with anything in their marriage or a relationship if they are not yet married? Yeah, I think there are two tips. So the first one, most important, it took us too long. So that's why I share this. Drop your ego, drop your cultural ego, and really try to understand where the person is coming from, what background it might have. Maybe I can give one example with um, Corona or with COVID. My husband is extremely careful, like extremely careful. I'm a little bit less careful. I'm still careful, but I'm a little bit less careful. Like I don't sanitize everything that comes into our house, for example. He does. In the beginning, I got so annoyed by this and I thought like, oh my God, I mean, this is too much. Every (laughs) apple, really? But then I realized, you know, uh, I grew up in a healthcare system. When I'm sick, I go to the hospital and I come out fine. Uh, He grew up in an an environment, if someone's sick, he might die. Mm. You know, you don't know if you have the the necessary means to to, to treat someone. That is kind of one of the examples, which is really important to not just jump to a conclusion because this is the way that you know it and really understanding, okay, where is he coming from and why might he or she react the way that she does? Um, What is the background that helps a lot? Mm-hmm. I think that it's very important to what you've mentioned, because the first thing is if you have a partner or a husband from a completely different culture, different country, because that's also um, the issue usually from a completely different continent, there are lots of other things that you don't pay attention to exactly about being uh, open to other people's experience and also other people's circumstances in which they live. Alias, that's one of the important things in uh, that kind of marriages or relationships when where people come from a completely different background and at the first glance at least they don't really share that many things, which is not always the truth. 
anything else that you would also mention? Yeah, I think the second point that I would say, like apart from that, uh, dropping the ego, I think is really important because I mentioned that before, especially like Western cultures, we tend to look down to other cultures or um, some people do. And uh, I think it's hugely inappropriate that that is one, one of the points. But the second one that I wanted to make is try to find people who are also in intercultural relationships, uh, even if they are not from the same country. Uh, I mean, it's great if you have someone with the same country, you can discuss like exactly the, mm. the things that, that you're experiencing. But even with others, a lot of people go to similar issues. Just to, sometimes you just have to bitch. <laughs> sometimes you just have to, you know, um, yeah, let steam off and, it's great if you have someone who somehow um, gets it. So I think this would be the second point. It's not as important as the first one, but it definitely helps in moments where you need someone to talk. Yes, it is very helpful because it's about having support, having support network. And as you said, it's if it's a couple that is also of mixed background, then it's much easier because if you talk to couples that are German, in your case, they probably don't really understand what you're going through. And their perspective is, of course, derived from their German background, so they wouldn't necessarily be that helpful to you to, uh, yeah, exactly. uh, to, to give advice or, or to help you overcome it. Right. Well, thank you very much for this uh, talk today. And it was very interesting and also um, uh, educative. Thank you very much for being here and to everyone that is listening. With this uh, episode, uh, we are wrapping our season one of the Love Talks, but stay tuned for the season two, uh, which will be coming um, at the end of January. Thank you, everyone, and see you soon. Bye. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah.